CZ Media Podcast is brought to you by Rancho Bravo Tacos. They make it really easy to get great tasting Mexican food. You can stop by any one of their three convenient locations, Capitol Hill, U District, Wallingford, or you can order through Uber Eats, Caviar, or Chow Now. You can also text RBT to the number 474747 and you'll get deals on tacos, burritos, and more. All of the information is in the show notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the CZ Media Podcast. Uh, hope you've been enjoying the shows. That last show, I spoke to my buddy Travis, who is a musician. Um, he did a lot of GSI work for Flight Simulator, so oh, he's sweet. very artistic. Uh, and then we spoke about music and kept it lighthearted. And I'm continuing with the lightheartedness. Today, I'm talking to Ellen Many. Met- nice. You got it. I did? Yeah. Okay. Some people are like, Ellen Meany. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not mean. <laughs> but I can't be if you keep on mispronouncing my name. That's fine. <laughs> That's all. I was, I kept on looking at your name. It's like, how do I say that? But I, I didn't want to ask. I should, no, it's okay. I should put a pronouncer in there or something. Men. Men E. Men E. Yeah. So it would be like M E N uh, little dot E. Exactly. There we go. Yeah. Um, talking to Ellen. Ellen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a, okay, it's a fancy title. I'm what's called a multi-platform producer for Ooh. King 5's evening show. Ooh. I know, fun times. Look at me. Actually, I'm proud of myself for getting a uh, a high-profile person in here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm <laughs> flattered. I'm glad. Maybe one day I'll reach high-profile. No, but it's a, it's a fun job. Um, so multi-platform producer is basically a fancy term for... Basically, I, I write stuff, I film stuff, I produce stories, and I do basically everything to get a story on air, which is challenging but fun. That actually, that sounds like my dream job. It's How awesome. lucky are you? I am very lucky. I that feel- sounds super cool. I mean, that sounds a lot of work, uh, pressure, but in a good way. Hashtag blessed. I mean, I, I do feel very, very lucky and... Uh, you know, multi the kind of concept of a multi-platform producer is actually really common in the news business for TV news. But it's not every day that you get to uh, work for something where it's not news. Instead, it's kind of fun stuff. Like on evening, we do lighthearted stories. We highlight the positive in the community. And so I'm really glad I get to use my skills for that. I love that show. Oh, shucks. I have it set to, I have my TV set to remind me. Aww. To remind us when it's on. Thank you. Uh, do you know how long that's been on? A long time. Longer than I have been alive. I will reveal okay. my age that way. Yes. Uh, because what I wanted, I, I wanted, I wanted to say this, but I wasn't sure that it, it was, that I would be correct. But I moved here to Seattle like 17 years ago. Right. And that show helped me. Just get to know the area better. That is awesome. Because we we used to watch it pretty regularly and just, you know, telling you of what's going on and new things to discover. That always makes me happy when people say that. And I've heard that from a few different people where they say, when I moved to Seattle, I watched Evening. And that is great because that's what we want. I think, like, everybody on Evening wants both people who have lived here for a while to find new things and say like, I didn't know that. Wow. And then to also welcome the new people, the many new people who are moving to Seattle. Yeah. Say like, Hey, here's something new to, here's something cool to check. I definitely think that that does it. Awesome. I definitely do. That's our job. Uh, Back home, back home in Chicago, I used to watch, watch a show called check, please. 
Ooh, nice. Which, but this was those, you know, 20 plus years ago. Um, sounds kind of like what you're doing now. Is the, so uh, we can call it research, but it may be stocky. That's okay. To go through someone's timeline. That's not- <laughs> I'm not going to judge. I, I have done it before, so you're not alone. <laughs> so yeah, I'm doing research. The I saw your, um, am I correct? You're doing a, like a reoccurring. Like edible education? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that what, it, okay. Yeah. Tell, tell me about that. So I'm doing a series called Edible Education, and it's not on any real schedule. I think it's every couple months I'll put out a bunch of episodes, basically. Yeah, actually, it's been really fun. So I got the idea from our web producer, actually, who came up to me one day and she said, Ellen, I have an idea for a series that I think you'd be interested in teaching people about food. I'm like, I'm down. Oh. It's very broad. I can do that. And so, yeah, I started producing the episodes and it's been really great. I decided to approach it from a very general standpoint where it's not just, you know, it could be teaching people about certain cuisines. Um to teaching people how to eat like very specific food. So, yeah. so far I've done an episode on sushi, hot pot and escargot. Mm. And so really like, I know at some point, you know, I'm going to run out of foods to teach people about. No. What? You don't think so? No. Okay. Not anytime soon. I think it's all how you look at it. Too. Yeah. Like, cause there's always something new to learn. So like I could do pizza, you know, oh, I could yeah. teach people about deep dish versus thin crust or whatever or yeah or you could have so that's one of the things that i don't like about seattle that i don't think there's any good pizza oh really i haven't you know i've maybe had like one slice of pizza in seattle so far so i do not know yet no it's i mean chicago is oh the best for pizza i do love deep dish and but see that's the thing like deep, deep dish isn't truly mega chicago i mean it okay. is chicago but i wouldn't like I would never go out and get a deep dish pizza. Okay. It's yeah. um I mean that's like saying let's see what can I say? It's like saying that everyone in Seattle eats chowder every day. I mean, I thought it runs in their blood. You know, you wake <laughs> up you just eat chowder for it's instead of cereal. <laughs> I was wrong. No. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Your mo- your bread bowl chowder that actually sounds good that that actually does sound really good but the like i I wouldn't call deep dish like a chicagoans pizza that's fair um it's 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 really more thin crust but it's just so different it's it's the way they season the crust it's the way they season the cheese it's the it's it's yeah the seasoning of the sauce probably my favorite chicago pizza is giordano's and they're a chain there's a few of of them but it's, I mean, I, do they have a thick crust? Maybe they have a thick crust or a deep dish. But if you just go, like, get a thick, I mean, it is just so delicious. Oh, I got it. Now I want pizza. So, yeah, the uh, so you can have, like, someone from, you know, New York or Chicago right. talk about pizza. That was my that was my goal. I'm from the East Coast. I'm Italian, so I wanted, you know, Brooklyn Italian folks. To, You're from Brooklyn? I'm not from Brooklyn. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. But, oh. you know. You yeah, that's like, pretty close. It's pretty close. You yeah. know, it's a couple of hours away. But, um, no, I just, you know, I wanted to represent the Italian folks. Very cool. So. But, no, the I, I don't think you're going to have any shortage of food ideas. It's, yeah, I try to keep it broad just because I always think, like, you know, I've had sushi. I have 
not had escargot before. And so there might be somebody out there who's never was had it good. Sushi. Did you like it? You know, I did actually. Yeah, I did like it. I was a little weirded out. I will admit at the beginning because I was like, it is snails. <laughs> and that, well, that was a little weird, but, um, I had a chef kind of talk me through it and he made it for me in the very traditional way, which is um, with like garlic butter and parsley butter mm. and bread. It was like super well, you know, good. Butter just makes everything yeah, better. Yeah, that's true. If you just like pile butter around something, it'll be yeah, fine 99% uh, of the time. That is pretty amazing, I think. It is. Butter is the secret ingredient to a lot of stuff that I make. It's true. Like, uh, don't, yeah. I mean, I know when I cook at home, one of the b- best lessons I've learned is like, don't skimp on butter. I mean, no. if you were trying to be healthy, you have to, but. Butter does make everything better. I make this, and it's one of Lori's favorite things that I make. It's I start with sear tuna, Ooh. so I go get some tuna, and then just a just a light sear. But then I make this butter wasabi cilantro sauce. That sounds incredible. So a little scallions, a little soy sauce, a little wasabi, tons of butter, Oof. and you just it's uh, depending on if I make it right. It's not that thin of a right. consistency, so so it's a, it's, but a little less than creamy, right? And then pour it over the tuna and some lettuce. That sounds amazing. Butter. My uh, secret for cooking steaks is butter. That is, yeah. I think they people recommend that. I saw a Gordon Ramsay video where he said how to cook the perfect steak, and it's sear it first, and then sear just it first. put. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot sandwich. No. <laughs> but yes, anyway, I love Gordon Ramsay. So. I call myself that sometimes. An idiot sandwich. Don't be an idiot sandwich. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you're the idiot sandwich and sometimes you're not. You know, I don't, uh, in my normal life, I don't swear. Mm-hmm. And, but sometimes I get really angry, of right. course. And then it's a bit of a, str- actually, this might be a good thing because I don't swear. When I get angry and I want to respond, I have to just think about it for a second and then come up with an appropriate response. And sometimes idiot sandwich has come out. You, if you don't curse, like you can make very creative curse-esque explanation, you know, exclamations. And then who knows that can be worse than any of the, than any of the, the curse. Right. It's very true. Like if somebody called me an idiot sandwich in public, I would probably be shocked and, I would admire them, though, because I've, I had good- an argument with a friend and it was pretty heated. And, you know, he called he called me a name. Right. And then I just said I just looked at him. I was like, dude, you're just that you're just a dummy. And <laughs> your poo poo head his the look on his face, though, when I called him just a dummy, it really felt like it it, it pierced it his soul him. <laughs> being <laughs> called a dummy. Sometimes those little <laughs> words, you can really get to you. Wow. No, but he, I was watching his video, cook steak, sear, and then just throw a bunch of butter in the pan. It reduces the temperature, Ooh. lets it cook, uh, lets it just get a a medium, rare, easier. And that's, that's what I that's do. It. Just that's put awesome. butter in it. I uh, know, but that's super cool. And I've only had, I had, it wasn't even escargot though. Uh, we were in Mexico and it was fried snails. Oh, interesting. Okay, never heard of that. And I don't know. It just it it tasted 
like a clam almost or an oyster. Yeah. It had that consistency to it. That's what the chef basically told me. He said they're pretty similar to shellfish. I mean, they are essentially shellfish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a mussel or a clam. Although I think the best way he described it, because I was asking him, like, what do they taste like? And he said they taste like a mushroom that's been left in the grass. So I'm like, what in God's name are you talking about? But it's true. They have like the consistency, like the texture of a mushroom, like a portobello or something. Yeah. And they kind of taste a little bit like that. But then you have the herbaceous. This is getting real fancy. You have Uh-oh. the herbaceous notes from the parsley. I'm going to pause it. And then in like an English, um, in an English accent, say herbacea, meaning. I put the meaning in it. I like that. I should start doing that. So. Yeah, it has the herbaceous notes from the parsley. Mm. But it was true. Like when I ate an escargot, I'm like, oh, you're kind of right. It tastes like a mushroom left in the grass, but in a good way. Right. Yeah. Here's a here's a thing, an idea. See if you dig it or not. Okay. How about how palates change? As you like age? Yeah. That is interesting. I. It's not a food, but like it's a... I like it. Because I was a super picky eater as a kid. Oh, okay. Like no ketchup, no mustard, wow. no mayo. Just like chicken nuggets. Just give me a tortilla and <laughs> some steak Aww. or some chicken. Right. And then um and like I don't even okay, my maybe my palate hasn't changed that much. But like just slowly you know, I'm I'm incorporating more mm-hmm. flavors into what I normally eat. Right. I still hate mustard and I still hate mayo. Oh man! But I understand that they make certain things a little better. That's true. Yeah, if you put them in things, you don't taste the direct mayonnaise. Yeah, but you know, okay, like you I it. get what the well, what does mustard do? Is mustard acidic? Uh, yeah, it's an it's a, it tastes as acidic. So, like, I understand what the acidity of mustard does in like a vinaigrette or yeah. anything else. And actually, I made some vinaigrette uh, last week, and I normally don't do I don't like dressing either. Right. But I'm like, hey, this vinaigrette <laughs> is pretty hey. good. But like, the one big thing that's changed is mushrooms, where I would never. Oh, I, really? I hated mushrooms. Wow. And then okay. now. One of the, my favorite things to cook is a wild mushroom risotto. Oh, I love mushrooms. And there's like, well, if I get lucky and I find them, I get as many mushrooms as I can. Yeah. I'm a big mushroom fan. Yeah. I was never picky as a kid. I've never been picky and I've always been pretty, you know, I'll literally eat anything. But the one food, okay, the two foods that I don't really like, I don't like raw bell peppers. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just never I, I can eat them, but I don't like them. But then as a child, I hated pickles. And now <laughs> I love pickles. So it is weird. You know, why, how did I grow out of that? I, I literally think one day I just was like, I'm going to try this pickle. And I'm like, oh, I like it now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it happens that quick. Right. It's bizarre. It happens that quick. And actually thinking back, I think with me, with the mushroom happened when I had a good one. Yeah. That because things. the my previous experience with mushrooms was like on pizza and oh, they're not good. No. And then you know my my mom didn't really uh, mushrooms aren't huge part of Mexican food right. staples. So she didn't use too many of them, but it had to have been Lori, but the first time Lori made something 
with a good mushroom and I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm digging that. I remember, uh, uh, like, when I was a child, olives, I would only, like, in the lunchroom or something or whatever, when you go out for pizza, the olives on your pizza are, like, those black little shriveled, I don't know, they have a name, I think, but I hate them. They taste like metal, basically. Yeah. And so I, I assumed I hated olives, but then, like, I got some good... Katamala olives, got some good, you know, whatever, um, Metropolitan Market olives and fancy. <laughs> and there, I love olives. So I think it is, as you said, yeah. based on the quality of the ingredients. Or yeah. That didn't one. work for me, though, with the olives. Oh, really? No. Eh, I still can't. Like them. It's like the like the smell. For certain things, my uh, the smell just just does it. Okay. Either I'm going to hate it, which is where mustard falls into. Oh, interesting. And I don't like vinegar. Okay. So I'll never put vinegar on fish and chips. So you're not a big acid person. But well, I love pickles, too, though, too. It's interesting. Like, like I could drink vine- pickle juice. That's so funny because that's a lot. That's mainly vinegar based. That's My wife keeps telling me that I'm weird because of this. But they are, to me, just completely different. Wow. They are night and day. And... I just I am re- I am re- revolted. Yeah. I am revolted. Is that a thing? Is that a saying? I think you can be revolted, and something can revolt. I don't know if something can. Re- it's revolting. I, am, I don't know. I am <laughs> moving a- on. And <laughs> <laughs> but I get. I am anti vinegar. Yeah. I come. I come out as anti vinegar. I accept you. <laughs> That's okay. I'm anti raw bell pepper. You know, people are like, "What? That's crazy." I'm like, the it, it has a uh, the the raw bell pepper it. It's a commanding ingredient, I think. Yes. Because it, it's yeah. super crunchy. Mm-hmm. It, it it's like it takes effort Absolutely. to get through it. So it's kind of selfish. It's like it's, it's an like, obnoxious one. Yeah, that's why I don't like it. It's obnoxious. It is it's a little it's like calm down. You're you're not the main star here. Right. Like, okay, I recognize you, but I have my own life too. <laughs> That's why you gotta, you know, you gotta it needs to be calmed down by cooking it a little bit. That is true. I'm okay with it in cooked <laughs> foods. Very wise words. <laughs> no, I love, I love food, and um, we. Well, I got the opportunity to meet you when you yes. were on the That's Amore segment for evening. Yes, indeed. It was and very that was fun. so cool to see. It was. It's cool to see behind the scenes, even for me sometimes. Like, well, I was, I was mega surprised mm-hmm. because you know i'm thinking okay because when they told me that they were when the when guy and david told me and they sponsor the show so okay our What's audience up, will know who they are yeah uh when they told me that you that evening was coming i'm like that is super cool and it's like they're gonna come and um they're gonna rec- you know two days and i went to the I went to the first one. It was just the interview with a guy, right? And I'm expecting to see a sound guy, like twenty, a people. light guy, you know, a camera guy, maybe someone mm-hmm. else. I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna see this, yeah. And I see you, just me, walking <laughs> in with a backpack on a tripod, and then you had to come back later for the camera. Yes. And then you Loaded take down. everything out of your backpack, and it was I was like, holy! Cow. I was like, wow. That is super cool that, like, the, the you know, I, it, actually, I internalized it because I said, if you can do stuff like this with 
bare bones equipment almost you can say like you, i mean not it's, with the full production staff it's nice equipment but it's not it's not like movie superstar quality i would just say more the i mean the equipment was the it's obviously it's professional good, yeah but i'm just saying the number of people that it takes to produce that right because in my head i'm thinking this is going to take you know you're right like a dozen people to produce this because that's what i'm you know the uh, the, in my head, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, that is super cool. So it was a bit really encouraging to me Aww. when I when I go and do a shoot that you know what, I can make something super cool too, and it's just gonna be me. Right. So it's like now I want people to see this and think that there's a big production staff behind it. That's sort of the goal now. Yeah, I think. When you watch something, especially local stuff, um, you know, you think like, what goes on behind the scenes if you've never been behind the scenes? And it is pretty shocking um, just how little people it takes to get something on TV. And, you know, more and more, especially in local TV, um, the one man band, as we call it, that's kind of the slang for it. It's becoming more and more popular. Yeah, that's yeah, I, I liked it. Awesome. It was super fun. It's, it can be fun. I mean, obviously, sometimes being a pack mule, it's like, wow, I got to lift weights more. Like, I got to <laughs> I got to get a little more buff for this. That is because that was like a mega super duty industrial tripod. It was. But it was it's pretty light. And it is fun to be able to do the entire story yourself. And I think you, you know, recognize this as well because you do the same thing. But there's a lot of fun in being able to take the story from the beginning to the end. And you can say, I did this all by myself. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so when you talk about producing, to be perfectly honest, I don't think I know what a producer is. That's okay. I don't either. <laughs> the, the term producer I found is so general in most of TV. Mm. And so like, for instance, in news, which I came from, um, a producer is someone who puts the show together, puts the new show together, writes scripts, and maybe plans some stories. In Evening Land, it's similar. So as a producer, I create our show on Mondays, I write scripts, and I plan stories. However, a producer in non-news land is anyone who just produces stories, a.k.a. makes stories. Mm. So it's... but it's, Make stories. As in, I guess, like, gets them out there or... I don't see. I can't even explain it. Like, so it seems like it's just like almost just the project manager in a sense. But then like producers like me work very low. You know, we work on the ground. We're running around okay. doing stuff. And so there are producers, I think, who manage things. But then there are also other producers who work more closely with a story. OK, so it is an extremely general term. And quite frankly, it could probably be whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. But that is one of the hats you wear. Yeah. So like the term multi-platform producer is kind of all encompassing, which means, yep, I, I edit video. I appear on air and I uh, do videography along with other stuff. Oh, yeah. That sounds super cool. OK, let me get some techie nerd questions all out right. of the way. What do you use to edit? Um, at evening, I use Xpre, which is a Sony program. OK. Um, it's, I don't think a ton of people use it. And then at home, I have a Final Cut Pro. And at evening, we also use Premiere sometimes. Okay. So I, I've worked with a lot of editing software. 
That's cool. And then what kind of camera do you use? I use a, you know, I don't know off the top of my head what it is. It's a Sony, I'm pretty sure. It's just whatever XD one that was there. Yeah, maybe a small one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we have, Evening has both big cameras and small cameras. Um, not like DSLR small, but pretty small. I can't physically handle the large camera. I've tried to use it and I will fall backwards because yeah. it's too heavy. So I got to use a small one. Working on being buff though. <laughs> We're getting there. Got to eat a lot of protein. <laughs> there could be a, well, if you're going to do a ton of shows about food, I think that the flip side to that is visit gyms. Yes. I will say people are like, Ellen, you eat so much good food. I'm like, I also go to the gym every morning at 530. I, yeah. I just want to make that clear. I don't know, though. It is like I do have to watch myself sometimes just purely for health reasons. I'm like, I haven't eaten a vegetable all day, but I had three donuts for lunch Yeah, and fried chicken. Oh, yeah. My body's like, Ellen, please give me a vegetable. You know, that's why the man versus food guy quit. Oh, really? Adam, I forget what his name is. I didn't know that the the he would do and he was he wasn't a um he was basically a his show was mostly around eating competitions yeah like the biggest burger the hottest wings but he just said that he didn't pay attention to his body but still kept on making these shows wow and he that that was one of the reasons that he had to had to stop and then now he's all trim and yeah and then it you could tell that, especially during the last few, like the last season that he made that show, that he <laughs> like, dude, calm down a little bit. Yeah, it's tough. Like just from a purely nutritional standpoint, you know what I'm saying? It's tough. Like, no, I feel very lucky. That it's, must be super tough. Fun. I know it's so hard oh. working on evening. No, it's fun. But I do have to like, I've realized I have to eat more vegetables. That's really <laughs> what it comes down to. And butter. And butter. Butter, <laughs> vegetables and butter. There we go. That's perfect. So you said that you were in news and this was in Eugene? Yes, I worked and in news in Eugene. K-Val? Did they call it K-Val or K-V-A-L? K-Val. K-Val. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I know, and it's catchy. K-Val. Like, actually, K-Val. Sounds like a store. Like what? Like, come to K-Val. Come to K-Val. Yeah, it's 50% catchy. 50% off. No, it is. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you in uh, there in, in Eugene? So I was in Eugene for about three and a half years, I and would say. Then before that, you were Baltimore? Before that, so I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I went to school at Clemson University in South Carolina. Clemson. Yes, indeed. One of my favorite basketball players played from Clemson, Horace Grant. Oh, cool. Okay. But you probably don't know who Horace Grant is. Well, no, I'm more of a (laughs) football-minded person, but I respect that. Yeah, so I went to uh, college in South Carolina, and then immediately after, I moved to Eugene for my first job. So that was I was in news for three years, and then... In September, I bounced over to Seattle. How do you how are you liking it so far? I love it. I love Seattle a hundred percent. When I was in Eugene, I remember my friend from back east. She came to Seattle one day, and she was like, "Ellen, you should come up here. You should visit." And so I for my I think I went there for my first time, and I just remember it was a beautiful day in November, which I know is extremely rare. Yeah, yeah, it was sunny. But when it is, it's Oh, my God. It was stunning. It's worth it. Yeah. And I remember just uh, hopping on the ferry to Bainbridge and just (laughs) staring. Yeah. Staring at the water and being like, oh, my gosh, like this is an incredible city. And so I'm very happy here. You know, I've been on that ferry hundreds of times, maybe. But still, every single time 
as we're leaving, I'm out there taking pictures. Yes, because it's such a stunning view of the city. You have the perfect skyline. It's like I have thousands of pictures of this, but I still keep on. And actually, now it's nice because of the 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 Seattle wheel. Oh yeah, it adds another aspect to the to the skyline. That's pretty cool, right? But yeah, that's it's. I, I had a sort of similar experience where <clears throat> when I so I lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And at some point I'm going to have Lori, my wife on, and we're going to, we're going to talk, but we, we dated long distance dated for a year. Yeah. So she was here. I was there. And every month one of us would travel. Mm -hmm. And the very first time that I came here for whatever reason, the plane landed on the tarmac and we had to go down the stairs from the, which first of all, that was the first time I'd ever done that. So I'm like, that is super cool. It's cool. I've done that like once or twice and I'm, I feel like a superstar. Yeah. I'm like, oh, walking on the tarmac. Yeah, that is super cool. And I don't know if this this could just be in my head, but I heard a seagull and then I felt a breeze and I could smell salt air. The sea. Yeah. It called to you. But it is, uh, but thinking that like I'm in the airport yeah, with so C-tac. much airport airplane <laughs> exhaust. It's like, did I really smell that? But. Or it could it was just love in the air? Well, was anyway. it Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that. Seattle has a charm to it. And it's it's very nautical city. I will say it is. that. It is. You know, and it's most people who moved here, you know, from anywhere, they use the first thing is they usually say is, you know, it, uh, it's not as easy to make friends here. They yeah, say the Seattle freeze, the Seattle freeze. I've heard that before yeah although well my wife is from here she's from just outside of kent uh outside of seattle but she she blamed it on the serial killers that the that seattle's had in the 60s and the 70s I-5 killer the green river killer the green river killer yeah. and ted, ted bundy. bundy and i think there's like one more yeah there's a lot of serial killers in the pacific Northwest. <laughs> and you don't know. You might be talking to one. So you better well, not be friendly. So she's like, it's like we were sort of told not to, you know, like, you know, I think most kids are told don't talk to strangers. Right. But here, especially. Don't, don't talk. To don't talk. To, you know, especially if you're well, Bundy targeted college girls. So it's like, he did. like, uh, and, you know, this was in the 70s. So the the people who were just having kids then were probably telling their girls 15 years later, you know, don't talk to. Yeah. Don't talk to strangers. Don't be helpful because he did that. Oh, he pre- you're right. He did. He pretended to have a broken arm and needed help. That isn't it. You know, I've never heard that theory about the Seattle freeze, but that is a really interesting one. I mean, it, there might be something to it. I maybe, <clears throat> you know, I haven't really experienced the Seattle freeze. Um, no, you're on TV. I know. I guess. But no one, <laughs> <laughs> no one has recognized me yet, except one time I did go to a doctor and I'm like, hi, I'm here. And he's like, Ellen. I watch you on King Five Evening. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's very flattering, but I was like, okay, thank you, doctor. <laughs> I was embarrassed. Um, no, but I, in my experience, I think the Seattle freeze is kind of changing because so many people from all over are right. coming to Seattle. And so most of the people I've met are not from Seattle. Yeah. And we, I always joke, I'm like, oh, you know, this is so funny. They're asking me let's get coffee let's go to lunch they're very friendly um and i'm like that's funny seattle freeze and they say well i heard about the seattle freeze and i 
I didn't want to experience that and I don't want you to. So I want to make sure. Be proactive. Yeah. And everyone has done that. I think everyone has heard so much about the freeze. They're like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. They got to counter it. Yeah. yeah. It's everyone from California. Oh, yeah. It's moving from me. The California hate uh, is strong. I have noticed that. It is, I'm going to admit, I'm a little weirded out by it, but well, I am not, you know, I'm not going to judge. I think it's, 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 it's a multifaceted dislike. Yeah. I can't on, on wrap my head around ones. it. Um, my experience with it were my buddies who, they're just saying, my buddies who have been in tech for a long time, right. they're like, these California people are just making it so much harder. Uh, for us to for for me to get a job so it's it's but it's i mean ultimately i think it's a good thing yeah i mean hey you know i'm from i guess i'm from the east coast and i see new york and you know new york everybody comes to new york you know every from all over so i'm like huh you know (laughs) let people be yeah you know I, i just want people to be happy indeed well let's take a quick break okay hear from one of our sponsors And we'll be right back. Bye. When I needed updated content for my small business website, I was worried because I didn't have a very large marketing budget. But then I found Carlos at CZ Media. He gave me a budget-friendly quote and delivered the high-quality content I was looking for. I would recommend you check him out. All of his information is in the show notes. And we're back. We're back. I went to a place called Due Cucina Italiana. I think that's the name. And it was in Capitol Hill. It was really mm. good. Two guys from Italy. They make fresh pasta there. Mm. And uh, yeah, I love fresh pasta. Is that the restaurant that had like happy hour? I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. We, we filmed a show there. And so that's why I went there. And then, oh, you know what? Bizarro Italian Cafe <laughs> in Wallingford. That's such a fun place. I had a blast. I bet you you could only eat like a quarter of one of their portions. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> lasagna was massive. And the, I think my favorite part, I mean, the food was great. The decor there is so fun. It's it's like if you had a kooky grandma. Yes. That collected everything. If you're like artist avant-garde grandma who's also a little kooky was like I'm going to decorate a restaurant. Right. I'm going to hang a bicycle from the ceiling. <laughs> that that's bizarro Italian cafe. Yeah. No, but the food was really good. Lori and I've been there a few times. Yeah. And I was surprised at how good the food was and how massive their portions were. Yes, it's great. Good Cuz you usually buck. don't get both. No. Yeah, sometimes it's like $35 and, you know, a mic- little microscopic That's piece. right. Oh, that's if I want to make my wife mad, we'll go to a fancy place like that. Oh, yeah. And then when we're done, I'm like, you know what? I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm going that's to Taco Bell. <laughs> I understand. I understand. You know, if you use quality ingredients, you you charge more and that's yeah. fine. I don't have a problem with that. But it is really annoying when you're hungry after you've eaten a meal. It's like, what? Yeah. It's a bummer. <clears throat> yeah. Although. I could stand to not be so full after every meal. That's true. So I, I think you can strike a good balance. It really, you know, just right there. Because uh, I, I don't hit the gym as much as as much as I should, but I do hit the plate. <laughs> I, I hit the plate often, so I I understand. It's, it is easier to hit the plate than the gym. When you work out, uh, when you go, you said you work out every day. What do I you do. usually do? So I um, do mostly cardio. 
because okay. even though I work out, I still am um, lazy while I work out. And so <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but like I, I wake up early and I go to work out and I don't, I work out for 30 minutes and I like time it. And I don't listen to music while I work out. Instead, I'm on the elliptical and I'm reading a book. I read books. Yeah. I was, I bit my tongue, but I said, don't tell me you're one of those people that read the book. I have my little Kindle. Let me tell you, 30 minutes flies by when I'm reading. You know, you're irritating everyone that's there unless you go to Planet Fitness. Luckily, there's only one. I can tell you my apartment complex has a gym. There's only one other person who's there with me at five and five thirty, and we have never spoken to each other. Oh, but I'm I, sure he's judging you. No, she's not. I don't think she's judging me. But she and I, she's I think we formed we formed a bond. I'm pretty sure she's judging. Okay, you. that's okay. We don't talk to each other. We're just there. Well, yeah, because you're reading a book. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's just you know, that's just me, and I'm just I'm just living my life. Uh, okay, well, power Linda, to hashtag you. Hashtag reading life. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm not trying to be holier than thou when I read. It's just I don't. I can't really use earphones that much, so I'm gonna read a book. Not even the over-the-ear ones. I mean, I can. I'm wearing them right now. No, I'm fine to use earphones, but I do prefer reading usually. That's well, I know, but truth. your muscles would prefer that attention. Well, yeah, like. See, I'm judging you now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I feel the judgment. Well, like I don't. I, I want to do weights more. Like I want to work out with weights more, but I find it very hard to do because yeah, um, you have a book in your yeah, hand. I can't read <laughs> when I'm doing weights unless I have a third arm, which I don't have. Oh, no, you know, what you need those VR oh, headset yes, goggles that I can read, but I feel like people would uh, triple judge me if I was working out with weights and I have VR goggles well, on. No. Okay. If I saw someone wearing those goggles and working out, I would think that in their headset goggles, they have some VR experience of like Gold's oh, Gym in Venice Beach. Okay. Or if you were at like the Olympics and right. you were lifting. <laughs> yeah, like motivational <clears throat> VR. That's right. Oh, I, you know what? I think that is a brilliant idea. Okay, there we go. Patent that. Copyright it. Send it out. Actually, Peloton. You know, uh, have you heard of uh, ads for Peloton? No. So they're, uh, they're they, they make, they, they started out by making stationary bikes. Like right. spinning bikes. Oh wait, are the are those the bikes with like the cool video? Yeah. Okay. I've so they have those. like this huge 15 inch monitor. Yeah. And they have videos where you were like you're you're riding your bikes down the Alps or in these wooded areas. I have actually I think there's one of those in my gym. I don't know if that's that specific one, but it's that similar. Is super cool. And See, I've used it. Super expensive. I'm sure. Otherwise I would want one. Yeah. Um, because that I used to back about sixty pounds ago. Right. I was super into cycling. Okay. And uh, I was part of uh, the Seattle Cascade Bike Club, and Ooh. I would do 50 to 100-mile oh, rides almost every weekend. Nah, I could never do that. Uh, and I took a ton of spinning classes. And you know what? It is much better to take a spinning class than it is to actually ride up a mountain. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, have, you don't have the elements in your face. Like No. I laugh at myself because the very first, so I, uh, when I first started, when I first, the reason that I got into cycling was because, uh, I read Lance Armstrong's first book. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not about the bike. And I still love Lance. Okay. Like almost everyone has turned. Yeah. Turned on them, but I still love Lance because he just did, 
he did a lot of good. Right. And and is is still doing a lot of good. But yeah, he's a conceited egomaniac. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, you know. Every top level athlete is. Yeah. That's what makes them Power so good. Can if go you to your ask head. me. Well, anyway, so I read his book. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. So I started doing spinning classes. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's fun. It's like, how hard, you know, it's riding a bike. How hard can it be? Right. You never forget. <laughs> no. So then uh, I bought myself a cheapo bike. Okay. And the very first thing that I did on my cheapo bike was do a ride called the Summits of Bothell. That sounds scary. Well, I didn't know what a summit was. I oh. sort of was new. To, there are no summits in Chicago. I don't know what a summit. It's it's like a mountain. It's a right? mount, it's the top, top of a mountain. mountain. Yeah. So I didn't really, I didn't know what a summit was. Ooh. And I didn't know Bothell. But when you're in Bothell, just, pay, you know, there's tons of super steep hills. Yes. It was a 35 oh. mile ride. Oh, God. And I could not have been any less prepared oh my gosh i had on the most flexible training shoes in the world which is the opposite of what you want you want you know carbon fiber bottoms for your bike i had on the (laughs) i had on thick uh thick uh shorts okay no cycling shorts okay and then a i don't even know what it was it was a super thick, long sleeve shirt, almost like a T-shirt. Okay. Yeah. Just. That sounds horrible. It it, it was horrible. But it took me six hours to finish that ride. Whoa. It took everyone else like two. Oh, my gosh. But you did you do it? Oh, heck yeah, I did. You did it. That's I had to matters. climb. I had for a lot of it. I had to get off of the bike and just walk up the right. summit. But it was so funny because when I finally finished, we started at the University of Washington's parking lot. When I finally got back to the parking lot, everything they had torn down everything. Oh, no. Like the sign up booth, there were like little there were a couple exhibitors there. Right. It was empty. And Lori was just sitting in the grass reading a book. And then she was like, I was starting to get worried. <laughs> But you you finished it. <laughs> it took me six hours oh my to go thirty five miles. Honestly, I probably would have just straight up died. So I props to you. Oh, I oh you know what I should have done probably is stop and gotten a gotten a drink. Got a little snack. Got a drink. Yeah. To I didn't think of it. I didn't have any water. I didn't oh have any. Gosh. I didn't have any snacks. Oh, I just rough. did not know. Um, but I still kept on going, and then the longest ride I ever did was about. Like a hundred and hundred and twenty. That's incredible. Miles, I think, in a day. Wow. But it was mostly flat, so it wasn't it wasn't too crazy. Still, that's impressive. But I went from there to my original love, which is boxing. So that's what I was gonna suggest is you should give boxing a go. You know, I have in college. Uh, for a little bit, I boxed. It was quite fun, actually. You should try that now again. Maybe I should get all all of my aggression out. I I push people to boxing. I did really enjoy boxing. It was it was really fun. And I do like that kind of. I don't know. I like it. I one of my good friends owns the gym not too far from here. Okay. Or Caro gym. They're on Jefferson and. In 10th. 
right across from Seattle University. Okay. And she's awesome. Um, you know, she's one of those business owners that truly deserve more attention. Mm-hmm. It's like someone should write into evening and <laughs> say, hey, does should- that work? Do, do you get emails saying, hey, oh, this yeah. business that, is super awesome? That totally works. Yeah. If, if people want to ever like, submit a story to Evening, um, you can message us on our Facebook page, King5 Evening. You can email us. You can email me, emeny at king5.com. Emeny. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't make it. It's just generated <laughs> by the computer. Computers yeah. are cool. We get tons of um, suggestions from people. And, and most of the time, if we're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, we'll do a story on it. You know, no, it's super cool because she's one of these she's one of these people who work like she loves community. Uh-huh. Like it's her gym is all about community. Like sometimes I tell her like you should do this to get more customers. She's like I don't want more customers. Uh-huh. I want more of the right customers who really appreciate what we're doing here and want to be part of a community not just mm-hmm. not just part of a gym. And uh it's it's uh, yeah, I should probably write into that. Right, it would be cool. Evening. Like she would, you, you, you would love that whole. It's one of the so. The things about gyms is one, judginess, pricks yes. like me. You don't. I don't want people judging me for reading. <laughs> <laughs> and then second, boxing gets. It's like ooh, boxing. Right, it, like a. You, People think automatically that it's about hitting someone else in the face. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not about. I mean, it's it's not about that. You just boxing training, and she just makes that whole. She just makes the whole thing very easy. That's awesome. So so basically, the non judgy community love what you do. Part of it combined with boxing is her gym. That sounds fabulous. And that's that's kind of rare. Like I've been in boxing boxing in this area for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the gyms are your I don't want to say cliche, but Bro bros. Yeah. Broish. Where there's no <sighs> Yeah, that. Yeah. I've only been to one gym here and it's my apartment's gym. So I've never, I have no, <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. There are so many gyms here, but that and, sounds awesome. And I yeah, think, I'll write into there. Yeah. Go for it. I might so, see your email. Um, well, well, yeah. So you should definitely try that out. Uh, I, I should go more myself, but I'm just lazy. It's tough. I get into these, I get into these YouTube dark holes. Oh yes. And the problem is, is that I start it starts when I'm deciding if I should go or not. Yes. I t- completely understand. I should, I should just stop doing that. It's tough to break out of. Because I have so many other things that I can do. Right. I take pictures. I edit. Um, I, I, there's so many other things that are just much more educational, <laughs> a much better use of time than getting into these endless although i did find this youtube channel Mm -hmm. that's called exotic layer okay and all he does is make videos of him feeding his tarantulas Uh, that kind of sounds cool though i 
I'm not afraid of spiders. So he's funny. He's a funny guy, and he he must be part of some conservation effort, right? Because he literally has hundreds and hundreds of animals in his wow. home. I I do think tarantulas are cute. They're like they're big fuzzy spiders, and they're not going to kill you. No, that's fine. They'll take a big chunk out of you. Yeah, you know, well, I, I think they're cute. I don't want to be bit by one ever, but you know, <laughs> but that's fascinating. Yeah, he has snakes, scorpions. Lots of tarantulas, and he knows each of the tarantulas' personalities. Wow. Does he name them? He does. Okay. Like, this is he Sheila. Does. No, he's very scientific, too. Like, he says their scientific name. Oh. And, yeah, he's pretty methodical when it comes to it. But I should be, I don't, I should, I don't need another hobby. What hobbies do you have? I. Enough about me. Okay. Let's talk about me. I, um. I don't have any hobbies like coin collecting or stamp collecting. I have very, I guess, broad hobbies that connect to my my profession anyway. So when I'm not doing evening, I like writing and reading. <laughs> yeah, you gonna you gonna knock me for being a nerd again, or <laughs> what can I say on this? It podcast? wasn't a knock per se, <laughs> not a real knock. Yeah, it was maybe a. A finger point and a ha ha. And a ha ha. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. I accept that. That's fine. But yes, that's what I do in my spare time. <clears throat> what kind of writing? So I um, write both articles for magazines. I've done freelance writing, like feature writing. And I also love writing fiction, which I have recently started publishing, which is very exciting. That's exciting. It is fun. What kind of like what? So, Sci-fi? Um, romance? I Horror? <laughs> fantasy? Fantasy. Everything else, humor. Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I write a lot of different stuff. Uh, mostly I write, I would say, probably fantasy, um, a little bit of humor mixed in there. What's fantasy? Fantasy is very broad. Is it like unicorns <laughs> and elves? Pretty, pretty, pretty princesses. Fantasy, it's interesting because I think more and more people who write like fantasy and sci-fi have been pushing for it to be called, instead of those, um, speculative fiction, which is an interesting Oh, that's term. much clearer. Yeah, I know, right? Well, I think it's just fantasy, yeah, because when people think of fantasy, they're like unicorns, elves. Yeah, like Narnia. Right, and you could totally write about that, but fantasy can also take a lot of different forms. It's anything that's made up, I think, or, or different. But isn't know. everything made up? Are we even alive right now? <laughs> Who are we? What are we? <laughs> no, it's it's tough to explain, I guess. But when I write fantasy, I don't write. I guess like the elves and the wizards would be like high fantasy. Which, okay. Which is like that term for like Tolkien or something like that or Narnia. But my fantasy kind of creeps into my fiction in small ways. So even like the slightest detail. Has he, as he was looking for the, as he brushed by the pixie dust. <laughs> and that's ooh, the only mention Looking of for his remote. <laughs> yeah. And, and scene. And that's my writing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not making fun of you. I no, promise. No, 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 I'm not. No, no. no, I like it. Um, no, fantasy can, I think, take a lot of different forms. And so. Well, give me an example of yours. So I wrote a, a really short story recently that is um, at some point going to be published online and it's called upgrade your man. And it is a short piece about a kind of like a snippet about, um, a witch who 
I'm like spoiling the story, but I think it's okay. It's about a witch who um, digs up her boyfriend from a grave because she um, she basically put a spell on him and put him in this grave because he wasn't being a very good boyfriend. And so now she's resurrecting him in hopes that he'll be better. <laughs> that taught you that taught him his lesson, right? So that's kind of like one example of something that's, I've written. That would say that's horror. It's written in a way where it's not horror. It's more like. So you're not going to say as his half decomposed no, body. No, he's not like really dead. He's just, you sleeping. know, been put in like a magical sleep. It's I, it's written in a way that it's like kind of cheeky fantasy. Okay. Kind of funny. Yeah. That's and uh, so you, you write just. I'm assuming that there's just more that you've written. Like you're bored one night and then it's like, I'll just write the short story. Like how many short stories would you say you've written? Oh man, a fair amount. A ton? A ton. <clears throat> probably 25? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I just actually recently got more into writing short stories. Even when I got to Seattle, I think getting out of news and coming to Seattle and working for evening has allowed me to be more creative. Yeah. And just like open that part of my mind. So in in a sense, I don't know what that means, but it's helped. Well, it I think the one feeds the other. Yes. So you you can do more. Creativity feeds creativity. Yeah. Very no, that true. is super cool. So yeah, um, it's been fun. The I'll talk about me for a little bit. Yeah, please. Um <laughs> I understand where you're saying with that because one of my clients the, he owns a Mex he owns a Mexican food. Oh, nice Mexican food. He owns a Mexican place. Okay, uh, three of them a chain, and every day I think, okay, how can I make a taco look interesting? Nice. And he's recently he's gonna start. Well, he might have already started by the time this airs, but he's gonna start making handmade tortillas, which is kind oh, of a big deal, like cool. logistically and right. That's a lot of work. <clears throat> handmade tortillas so for like a good week i just kept thinking to myself how do i make a tortilla the focus of a picture and make it look good yes and the first place i went to was google and you can google tortilla pictures but you're just going to get the most boring product shots like a bland tortilla like nothing nothing spectacular that i could right that I could steal from, but I thought about it for a good long while and hopefully I don't, I mean, it's, it's a tortilla, but hopefully we'll did it. So I can totally understand how when you're doing a story or you're shooting something that something will happen, that'll say, you know what? I have to write that down because I can incorporate it into a story later. Yes. Little detail, you know, picking up little details in life. When did you start writing? When I was in middle school, I started my writing career with Pokemon fan fiction. <laughs> you can make fun of me for that because that is nerdy. You know, I, to be honest, I don't know what Pokemon is. Oh, my. That's OK. It's, I have no idea what it is. You got to catch them all. Pokemon. That, <laughs> does that ring a bell? <laughs> like I can picture one of them, Pikachu? but I don't know what the story's about. I don't know what the goal is. That's it's okay. The The game is basically your average video game. You're running around. You try to catch Pokemon. You battle other Pokemon. You're trying to be mm. the very best like no one ever was. Right. Yeah. I'm assuming that's that part of a song to or catch something. catch them is my real <laughs> test. To train them is my cause. Yeah. 
It is a theme song, and I know it by heart, so, so don't worry. You love Pokemon. I continue to love Pokemon. I don't play it as much, but yes, in middle school, I loved Pokemon so much it inspired me. <laughs> hey. Whatever works, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's how I started. That's, well, I don't want to, that's cool. Thank you. <laughs> you say, like, that's cool, I guess. Yeah. You know, I was talking to my friend about things that we liked in high school, and it was, right. me, the conversation was pretty centered around music. Right. And I started playing stuff that I listened to when I was in high school and oh, she man. just like got this look on her face. It's like, what Whoa. the heck is that? Well, let me tell you, my <clears throat> favorite Spotify playlist that I found is middle school dance playlist. And someone my age successfully created a playlist that literally had every single song from middle school dances that I ever heard. From and what year? I forget, honestly, like what year I was in middle school, but it was like Usher, Get Low, to the window, to the wall, stuff like that. And I was like, blast from the past. This is amazing. That song is so inappropriate. It is. It is an extremely <laughs> inappropriate song. They played it at middle school dances, though, so I don't know what they were thinking. Well, it's because, yeah, they didn't know. Nobody. Yeah. No one was. If it's on the radio, it must be fine. It's fine. No, it's not fine. But anyway, I I can now, like, I used to be embarrassed for the music I liked in high school and middle school, but now I can accept it and be like, you know what? Sure. Is it's it that? Fine. Well, like, I, I loved that kind of music. In high school, I listened to Paramore, My Chemical Romance. Okay. But you know what? They're all good bands. Like, I'm not going to diss you know, them. I'll, I'll, my Chemical Romance is on my playlist. Yeah. Like, I love, I still like them. Was the Black Parade, right? Oh, Black Parade. Classic. Well, just that, I think just that one. That's a, I mean, that's a great album. Um, My playlist so far is dominated by the A Star Is Born soundtrack. Oh, yes. So I haven't seen A Star Is Born, but I have heard I Shallow. Either. It's just a really good song. Yeah. There's like four really good songs on that one. I'll have to listen to it. I've been listening a lot to the... Uh, um, the I Will Always Remember Us This Way. Okay. Listen to that one. I will. I mean, first of all, Lady Gaga is just brilliant. Well, she's amazing. Uh, you know, the just super, super talented... And I love that video and it's, I love it for the weirdest reason. So she, the most of the video is just her playing it on the piano and singing, but halfway through the video, she does this little shimmy with her shoulders. Shimmy shake. Yeah. And I, it, it just sounds, it looks so cute and sincere and right. like she would actually be moving that way. I picture her in her head moving that way because she remembered whatever it is that she was remembering. Interesting. And she's clearly passionate about music. So yeah. she really feels it, I think. Yeah, that's super neat. Do you do you put um does music ever uh, give you ideas for stories? It definitely helps me um write. I have a writing playlist for stuff I'm working on. I even have specific playlists for specific stories if they're longer ones. But yeah, there are definitely songs and I'm like, this really inspires me for this scene, for instance. So I've been listening to a lot to the Westworld soundtrack. Honestly, I okay. love that soundtrack. It's so awesome. I, what do what type of? It's instrumental. Um, it's all instrumental, okay. which is what I listen to when I write. But it is there's something very dark and kind of sinister, but beautiful about it. All right. things I try to incorporate into my writing dark and sinister and 
Okay. You know, I don't want to read these. Do you let people read them? Yeah. You know, I, so I'm publishing a couple of things this year and so people can read them that way, but I am trying to get over my fear of having people read my works in progress. Like Mm. I, with my short stories, I'm getting better and better about like reading them to people. Um, but I had such a fear that people would think they were bad or like people thought I was dumb. And so when I got to Seattle, well, yeah, it's just like, I think for creative people, if you have something you really care about, you're afraid of looking, you're afraid of it being bad or other people saying like, this isn't good. Then you're like, what is my identity now? Sure. You know, if I'm not good at this, but when I got to Seattle, I was like, I have to, um, I have to get over this fear. And so I started reading at a, a, a series of, um, literary nights called assembly literary mic. I think that's hopefully Very not cool. butchering the name. <laughs> it's assembly. Okay. Just look it up on Facebook. Okay. But yeah. And they're very welcoming and it's been super helpful. Yeah. So where are they? So assembly is, um, twice a month. I think at the beginning of the month, it's at screwdriver bar in pioneer square. Okay. And then the other one is at Corvus and co in Capitol Hill. Okay. Yeah. I need to look. So how often do you, do you, is this a regular thing for you or how many times have you? I, I try to, I've been going since I think Jan, well, December maybe. Um, and I try to go as much as I can. Sometimes I have to miss them, but it's great because that specific open mic is open to works in progress. So the entire point of the mic is you go up there, you have something, it's not complete or you're on your first draft or whatever and they'll let you read it and you can get feedback from other people if you want and so it's very welcoming environment that is super cool yeah it's awesome and so when you've gone i'm assuming you read different things each time i try to bring a different thing each time yeah what what how short can a short story be it's interesting you ask that so there's actually a whole nother like So like a short story, I forget the exact word count, but it's like up to 8,000 words or something. Mm -hmm. But then there's something called microfiction, which is anything shorter than a thousand words. So I could do that. Well, some of the stuff I've written, like the one I was telling you about, that's technically microfiction because it's less than a thousand words. Okay. And it can be fun. It's a challenge sometimes because, you know, when you write microfiction, you want to ideally make a story. You can't just have a little snippet. And that's tough to do in yeah. a thousand words or less. So it is. Um, when you start writing a story, how do you start? And this is a this is a dumb question. Do you oh. st- how, how do you format it? Is it like an outline? Do you do do you put like scene notes on there? Like scene one in the cemetery as the witch does something does something and then the witch's dialogue right no so but some people do do that um i am notoriously bad at planning my writing and so some people totally start with an outline and they get everything where they want it and then they'll write from the outline and it looks and when they start writing it looks like a like a regular paragraph yeah so like i know this is a super dumb question no it's not no not a dumb question at all the reason that i'm saying this is because when I when I when I was in college, mm-hmm. I had to I like my first few papers that I wrote. I would agonize over how to format them. 
Oh, okay. And that's what I would look at first. Right. So whenever, whenever, when anytime anyone says like, oh, I'm writing this, it automatically puts me back to sitting at the desk thinking, how Flashback. the heck do I? And then my wife would just say, just start writing. I'm like, but how? No, that's, <laughs> like, that's fair. How do I write? That's like two different types of people. Like I, <laughs> at the bare bones, when I write, it's, you know, paragraph, 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 you yeah. know, the kind of. The pretty standard way if you like open a book and you look at it, that's how my rating looks. Um, but I don't like plan anything. I have the idea in my head. Um, I just start writing. Yeah. And then I kind of create the story yeah. from there. It's Isn't that the same answer to almost anything? Just do it. I get <laughs> yeah, but But for writing, like... The just do it could be just do the outline or just start writing. You yeah, know? it's it's really like it's different for everybody. That's fun. That is super fun. Well, I get what you're saying. I'm sort of the opposite when I do when I do stuff like that. There are about five people that I send either pictures to or if I, you know, you know, I don't write blogs anymore. But if I did, I would send them to them first and mm-hmm. they would each give me notes that pretty if you added them all up it meant it is completely inadequate what you did <laughs> like everything is wrong like, like oh no someone would say you know your beginning needs work and the other one go like oh the body of it is too wordy and then someone will say you can end it this way right <laughs> so i just stopped doing that yeah i just had a I, when it comes to picture stuff there's one friend that i value his opinion on right above everything else so If I'm delivering pictures to a client, I'll send him a preview of it. And if he suggests something, then I'll make changes to it. Uh, But with the writing stuff, I can understand how you put so much into it. They're just reading it and then they can nitpick at it. Right. And I think I believe in constructive criticism. You know, if somebody is like, "Eh, you could do this better, Hmm. you could do this part better. That's totally fair. But some. I, I don't know really what I fear. Like, I just, I guess I fear people just being like, you're just bad at it. And I'm like, oh, no. But I think. But what do they know? I, I guess. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to unless like. Unless they're, you know. Unless they're like Stephen, Stephen King. King. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> unless Stephen King is like, you're bad. You're like, well, I guess that's it. Yeah. Or in which case, still, what does he know? Right. What, is, what does Stephen King know? What has he done? You know, whatever. But, but yeah, I, I think. It's it's really that deep down like creative fear that you know this is your identity we're creative people and like if somebody is like no you're not then it's like who am I this is really dramatic this is really not I just sometimes get nervous about showing my work and that's fine yeah and uh, yeah I don't think I necessarily have that because I can easily tell someone that they're wrong right. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to do than it is to get that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've had plenty of conversations with clients where I create something for them and then they come back and say this, this, and this. I have zero problem saying understood, but I'm right. I get that. No, I get that. You were wrong. I am right. I sometimes and then you know, I stick to my and then plus I'm not going to change it for you so right. you, you, it is what it is. Sorry. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're you know, you can take or reject criticism. Yeah. yeah that's the beauty of it. If you're like, "No, oh, this person's writer. I don't really agree with them. I'm going to not do this." Yeah. And and 
Well, hopefully you wouldn't send it to someone who wouldn't be constructing. That's the that would be the goal, right? Is to have those people who would be constructive versus pricks that'll just say this is trash or what are you thinking? Yeah, that's not to your day job. Like, but you would know that person that you would know if that person would do that. So you would you just would bypass them and say, yep, you're not getting this. Oh, yeah. If you dig it, you dig it. I would. So the when is the next assembly? So you said the beginning and the, the last week. Yes. You know, the next assembly is I can even look it up. I believe it's March 6th, I believe. Oh, yes, definitely. So um, I would recommend, though, going on Facebook and then just like seeing it from there. Okay. just because that's the best bet, because unfortunately, I can't recall details. Sure. Right now. (laughs) No worries. Well, let's see. Now you got me super curious. I want to read this stuff. I I think you should add me to this group of people that read I can see read it. stuff okay i'll send you my stuff yes one of my short stories is being published in a book called um <laughs> called um the forgetting the name building. oh you know i thought you were thinking that you didn't want to say the name no 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 no. it's a totally fine name sorry i need to i will look at it again it's called like okay we're gonna edit that part out <laughs> No, or we can keep this. It's fine. No, uh, I'm getting published in a book of short stories and it's called Five Minutes at Hotel Storm Cove. So okay. It's coming Five out Minutes May. at ho- Hotel. What? Five Minutes at Hotel Storm Cove. Okay. Yeah. That sounds mysterious. It's a very cool concept. Um, it's basically all the short stories have to take place at this fictional hotel called the Hotel Storm Cove. Ooh. And they have to take place within a span of five minutes. Mind blown. That is cool. It's cool. So it's coming out in May, I think. Oh, see, I want I want a sneak peek. No, you, you can pre- <laughs> <laughs> you can pre-order it if you want, but no sneak peeks. Sorry. Yeah, that is see having having um guidelines like that seems really interesting because there's going to be all kinds of stuff. Yeah. There's going to be murder, there's going to be mystery, alien abductions. Right. That's the beauty of it. Sometimes that challenges is super cool. are fun. I need to I wrote a move, a, a short movie. Okay, cool. And it's about boxing. Nice. And could you, could I read that at assembly? I think you could read a screenplay. I'm not sure. I don't know if a screenplay would apply, but probably. Hmm. I think it's actually something. Somebody... I would send you my screenplay so you can read it. Oh, thanks. I would give you constructive criticism if you wanted. You, you would probably help me make it. Have you ever made a short movie before? I have not, but I'm open to it. That's my I had my two main actors cast, Ooh. but one of them moved to California, so now oh. I need a new one. I'm not opposed to acting. Well, you're not. Uh, or writing. You're not a super middleweight boxer. Uh, I you need can to get gain there. like a hundred pounds. I've been t- I've been talking about getting getting ripped, so maybe <laughs> this is going to be the thing that inspires me to get buff. <laughs> It's like uh, the Dick Cheney movie where he had to, you know, gain like 50 pounds. He did. <laughs> and even then they still had to put a bunch of prosthetics right. on him. But then the opposite of that with the machine, he's, he's done a ton. Yeah. He's done like a ton of really intense weight gain and loss. Yeah. Which probably is not that like very Matthew good Like Matthew McConaughey did it too. Oh, yeah. True. Although, you know what? He hasn't recovered. He's very thin. Matthew McConaughey hasn't recovered since he did Dallas Buyer Club. That's true. He He just doesn't. He was mega hot. He was my man crush. Oh, really? And then he did that movie and it just not the 
I mean, he's a little bit older, but, I, you know, just the whole bouncing back. I think he ages like fine wine, to be honest. But True Detective, though, season one is like one of my favorite seasons oh, of TV. he looks horrible in that. Though. No, he looks he's awesome. <laughs> well, when he's like old in that, he's supposed to look scraggly and gross. But young Matthew McConaughey in that movie, he's fantastic. They showed him young? Okay, I need to go back and yeah, watch it. Yeah, you should it. watch it. But yeah. Well, now we're talking about man crushes. I know, right? I've had a man crush on Bradley Cooper forever. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Star is Born is your perfect movie in that case. I haven't seen it yet. You got to see it. Your man crush is That's in why it. I have this stupid thing. The beard? That My or wife hates it. She does not, do, like, I go in for a kid, like, she wants nothing to do with it. And uh, my hair had been long. Right. Like, this is the shortest That's my the hair has Cooper been. That's Bradley Cooper look. My hair used to be to about mm, a little less than mid back. Right. But then I cut it, but then, like, he's, it needs to get back to about here, yeah. Oh. Also, I'm glad when you when you motion to your beard and says, my wife hates this, I'm really glad you meant your beard, because if, if you had done that and you're just scratching your beard, oh. and I said, your beard, and you're like, no, I'm talking about <laughs> like, my no, hair. This looks awesome. <laughs> like, that would be horrible. Actually, a friend is going to come over, so this is my second attempt at growing, like, I'm just not, not a beard. Like, I think, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. No, it looks stupid. Well, it's Bradley. It's a Bradley Cooper look. Yeah. I'm almost there. Yeah. Uh, the first attempt that I did at this, at, at growing a beard, I grew it for a really long time. And it was like this, but okay. it, it it looked it looked like if I had just glued steel wool to my face. Oh, no. Wash your dishes with it. Yeah. And I was shaving or trimming it. And then I slipped <gasps> on my left side. So there was this pretty noticeable chunk missing. Oh no! But I didn't even try to fix it. I'm like, it's fine. Like, like whatever. It's just a chunk of my beard. And one of my really good friends, she was. We went out and we were. She was just looking at me and she said, "You know, you look like a full-on homeless person right oh, now." Oh no! <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, your beard is horrible, and it is mega uneven. Like no one." No one would tell me, which is pretty funny. Well, I'm glad. Except her. I'm glad somebody but, told I mean, you. But I mean, I knew. Like, I just laughed, like, because right. I knew it was uneven. So uh, it's so funny. I haven't seen her in a bit, so she's probably gonna chuckle when when she sees this. When you roll up, just say yeah. Bradley Cooper inspired. <clears throat> Definitely. Well, Ellen, thank you so much thank for being you. on the show. I appreciate it. I love the fact that you're newish to Seattle. And you're loving it. I've had two people on who were here for about a year and just hated it. Oh, no. My buddy Steve, he was a New Yorker, like from okay. New York, from the from Brooklyn. OK. Or the Bronx, whatever. <laughs> B. <laughs> One B of them. neighborhoods in yeah. New York. And he moved here for a job in December of 2017 mm -hmm. and he went back December of last year. He went wow. back last year. So he was here for a little and he just hated oh, no. it. Did not like it. Um, so I'm glad that you're new here from the East Coast pretty much. Represent. And that you're digging it because Seattle's an awesome place. It is. I love it. <clears throat> uh, is there are anything? I'll put links for whatever you want. Oh, thank you. What should we what should we link to? We should link to, I think, my uh, I can link to my website and um, uh, pre-order my uh, short story book. There we go. Oh, okay. We can link to is that. Is there a link for that? There is indeed. Okay. I can send it to you. So we'll do that. That would be awesome. Support. I'll say. Oh, an evening. We can link to that. <laughs> okay. Three things. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> you know, ooh, I'm taking more time here. Okay. I asked Jose to be on 
and he said he would. And I followed up with him, the, I don't know, last week. And he's like, I can't because I'm training yes. for sailing. He's in, a busy. In he is currently in the UK right now. This extreme Jose, he's called extreme for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I first learned about the clipper race and it's like, you don't have to be a sailing expert, but I guess you sail around the world yeah. with a bunch of people and it sounds terrifying and challenging mm. and he's doing it. Yeah. Never, that's exciting. Never sailed. I think he actually said he does not like boats and yet Jose is, is hey, doing it for some face reason. your fears. They say, yeah, he's, he's an extreme guy. So props to him. Definitely. So hopefully would, when he's back, he'll be on. And I also asked Michael King, I asked, you oh. know, I have, I, Every day I must send out at least 20, I post 20 right. comments to just different people. Right. I just researched hashtag Seattle. And if anything does, if anyone does interesting things, I'm like, hey, you should be on my show. Hey, yeah. you should be on my show. So Jose said yes. Michael King said yes, too. Yes. I mean, it'll be probably, you know, just the scheduling, but it'll be Busy cool guy. to yeah. cool to have them. So I'm super glad that you said yes and that we Yay. we got this going. Yes, this is awesome. And for Seattle to get to know more about you so that when they see you on TV, you're like, hey, it's that girl. She read. Hey, she reads she while she works out at the gym. What a nerd. <laughs> There's going to be one person that says, you know what? She would be even cooler if you know she didn't read when yeah. she worked out. I don't actually want to watch evening anymore when she's on. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you know, got to live my life. Well, I hope you come back. Thank because you. Because we didn't talk about Peachy King. Peachy Keen? Yeah, Keen. Yeah, we, we have to talk all about my hamster, Peachy Keen, but we'll save that for another. We'll episode. save that for next time. So thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share. Uh, send us email, czmediapodcast at gmail.com. Carrier pigeon. Car- carrier pigeon. Uh, Telegram. I get emails, which is weird. It's like, why don't oh. you just post on the Facebook page? Because I, I have Instagram. Are you curious to see what I'm going to Photoshop your face on? <gasps> yes. Have you seen Have you seen yes, what I'm I have. doing? Yes, I have. I am curious. <laughs> My Photoshop skills I'm scared suck. and curious. <laughs> Here's an idea. Photoshop my face onto my hamster. There we go. All right. We got it. That's what you're going to see now. On a treadmill with a book. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And we'll, well, stay tuned for the next show. Bye. Bye.